Are you looking for an athletic scholarship? You're in the right place. This is the Recruit Me Athletic Scholarship Podcast, the longest-running podcast on recruiting and athletic scholarships. We're here to help your family navigate the recruiting road all the way to an athletic scholarship. He's a recruiting expert and a dad of a D1 athlete and a high school athlete pursuing a scholarship. With a wealth of experience to share, here's Recruit Me CEO, Brent Hanks. Welcome to episode 221 of the Athletic Scholarship Podcast. You can manage your way through college. Before we get started, this episode has two new features. One is the podcast's first sponsor, and the second is a series featuring the eight myths about the athletic scholarships brought to you by Recruit Me 3.0 Athletic Scholarship System. I'll get to the new sponsor and the new series at the end of this episode. Back on episode 219, I mentioned a little bit about the opportunity I fell into as a student manager for the basketball team in college. This episode, I want to tell you about the opportunities that might be an alternative to actually playing a sport in college. If you follow the Recruit Me recruiting process through your high school years and do research on colleges and sports programs, you will know that there are many manager positions at every school. So if playing college sports, chances are low, maybe from injury or many other circumstances, then a student manager position might be an option. I was a men's basketball manager for then Southwest Missouri State Bears, now with a name change, the Missouri State Bears in Springfield, Missouri. The journey started with a lot of luck and then a big lesson. The luck was how I heard about the manager opening. The lesson was that I acted on the luck that came my way. A neighbor and a friend worked at a bank in Ozark with the wife of a Bears coach, and the coach's wife mentioned that the team was looking for a manager for the basketball team. Our friend thought of me and told my dad, and my dad passed that information along to me. I quickly decided to act on the tip, and I visited the men's basketball office to see if I qualified. I met the office's boss, Nancy, and set up a meeting with the assistant coach, John Hammond. Nancy would become my on-campus mom for the next four years, and I owe her a lot. I had met Coach Hammond and some of the other coaches before at Bears basketball camps during my high school days. The meeting went well and my class schedule worked out to be able to help with preseason workouts and the upcoming practices. By luck again, I had scheduled my classes my first college semester to end by 2 or 3 in the afternoon. Workouts and practices started at 3 in the afternoon. So the luck of hearing about the opportunity through the grapevine and the lesson of acting on the tip paid off. Go back to episode 208 where I talk about the lesson of you can't get it if you don't ask. Fortunately, I asked the coaches for a chance to be part of the Bears program. I started going to preseason workouts, met with all the players and the coaches and the other main manager, Andy. In preseason, my job was to supervise the players playing. The coaches couldn't be there because of NCAA rules. Make sure the basketball and the goals were set up and ready to use. Start getting the practice gear, shoes, and uniforms ready for the upcoming season. As the actual season and practice started, the managers had to be at the gym early to get the practice gear in the lockers, to set up the scoreboard controls, set up the shot clocks, get the basketballs ready, grab the football blocking dummy to help beat on the big men. Coach Spoonhour, the head coach, had a practice plan printed, and the managers would run the clock and try to keep practice on schedule. We would rebound shots, make passes to players, play dummy defense, have a towel ready to wipe up sweat when a player dove on the floor for a ball, and have a basketball ready when one went into the stands, 
and do anything else the players and the coaches and the trainers didn't want to do. After practice, we put all the equipment away, rebounded and passed the players that wanted extra work, waited for the players to shower, and gather all the towels and the mesh practice gear bags, and take the laundry to get washed and dried. So my days consisted of class from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m., with lunch somewhere in between, and some time studying in the car or the library or at the lounge at the gym. Pre-practice set up at 2 p.m., practice from 3 to 5 p.m., and getting to go home around 6 to 8 p.m., depending on laundry duty. We usually had Saturdays off. As the games drew closer, I was filling in on many drills as an extra defensive player or passer. One day, Coach Spoonhour told me to be ready to actually practice. So as the starters worked on their offensive sets, the point guard was not running the offense the way Coach Spoon wanted it ran. He then substituted me, the manager, into the starting five to run the UCLA high post offense. What the players didn't know is that I ran that offense in high school and that I was studying the offense very hard because I wanted to coach one day. I ran it well, and then from then on, I practiced every day as a guard to help the players get ready for games. My job was to learn the next opponent's plays and tendencies to help prep our players for the game. Through my four years, I impersonated Mark Turgeon, a Kansas guard, and now the head coach at Maryland, and Nick Nurse, a Northern Iowa guard, and now the head coach of the Toronto Raptors. Also, Tony Bennett, a guard at University of Wisconsin-Green Bay. He is now the head coach for the Virginia Cavaliers. I guarded, sort of, a future nine-year NBA player, Winston Garland, in practice. Winston was a great two-year player for the Bears, and his son Darius now plays for the Cleveland Cavaliers. My first year, I got to travel to Arkansas and St. Louis with the team. We hosted Pittsburgh and Marquette in the postseason NIT tournament. My second year, I got to go to Missouri with the team. We hosted Arkansas and the conference tournament and made the NCAA tournament. The Bears beat Clemson in Atlanta. Clemson had Horace Grant, and then we lost to Kansas by only four points in the second game against Danny Manning. My third year, I traveled to all the games as the head manager. I traveled to Arkansas, Kansas State, Tulsa, all the conference games, And then we lost to UNLV by four points at Poly Pavilion, UCLA's famed venue in the NCAA tournament. My senior year, I sat on the bench against Missouri, Wyoming, St. Louis U, Kansas, Kansas State, Tulsa, ORU, and then all the conference games, and then again we hosted the conference tournament. At the end of the season, instead of sitting next to Coach Spoonhauer at the NCAA tournament on the bench, I dressed out as a player and warmed up at the McHale Center at the University of Arizona in Tucson. We lost a close game to the eventual national championship runner-up, Seton Hall. Those are a lot of travel perks just for being a manager. The travel and the games and the sports memories are a huge part of the experience, but there are many, many other perks to the position. The basketball experience provided a built-in college family. Coaches, administrators, trainers, sports information department people, facility workers, media, fans, booster, and players on the team and from other sports became my family and friends. I did not have to search for friends and support in my early in my college career. Many of these college friends are still friends today. Many were customers in my business. Many are contacts to my banking needs, my medical needs, and many other daily living needs. 
By being a student manager, people for years wanted to talk Bears basketball, and it was a great icebreaker in the business world. A few other advantages of the manager experience was that I did get paid. The first two years to do laundry, and the last two years as the head manager, and I got paid on a 40-hour work week. So I was able to move off campus my junior and senior year, helping on driving time and studying time, and giving me some freedom during the school year. I also got a lot of Bears basketball gear too. Sweats, shoes, shorts, and shirts made up my wardrobe. I had a closet full of maroon. Many meals were provided before games, on the road, and after Sunday practices. When you're in college, a free meal is awesome. I learned to be in front of a crowd in arenas. I learned to meet new people, talk to adults, talk to business people, learn how to act at dinners and team functions, and learn to balance my team duties with my academic responsibilities. I would have to say that the biggest event that came out of my manager's gig was that I met my wife. Five years after I graduated from college, my best friend and fellow manager, Brian, went to work for the Missouri Valley Conference, the MVC. He worked with a young lady named Lori. Brian invited me, my brother Marty, and a friend of ours, Mark, to come up and help run the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament in St. Louis. We took care of all the team's locker rooms, benches, water, towels, and practices. Well, since meeting Lori at the tournament, she has been my boss and my partner. We got married in 1997, Parker was born in 1999, and Sutton was born in 2003. Again, luck and not being scared to ask to buy her a drink, a Coke of course, paid off. As you can see, there are numerous reasons that being a student manager in college is a great alternative to playing. I told many of the great experiences I had as a student manager. I feel my lack of knowledge about recruiting was the only reason I didn't play a sport in college. But a new door opened, and I got a great and unique adventure for my four years as a Bear. Please, please continue to reach for your dream of playing a college sport. That is why Recruit Me is so important to help you find a college. This episode was made to give you an alternative to playing and not to deter you from pursuing your sport. Keep working, keep researching, keep contacting coaches, and there will be an opportunity somewhere. The key is to find a fit for sports, social life, and academics. Just look at a college team's roster and you will find one or more student managers listed. Is a team manager a possible way to stay in the sports scenes for you in college? The first of the eight myths about athletic scholarships. Myth number one. If my child is good enough, the college coaches will find him or her. Truth. A very small percentage of high school student-athletes receive scholarships because the coach happened to find him or her. Only the the top-of-the-line athletes, the top 100 or so nationally, receive enough national media recognition that they are automatically recruited without having to make an effort. The other 99% plus have to take the initiative to contact schools where they are interested. Most schools' recruiting budgets are limited and coaches rely on you to contact them first. They don't have the time or the budget to travel around the country to see your student-athlete compete. Videos, stats, references, and the like become key tools for the coach in the recruiting and evaluating process. Parents, you might think that it is too self-promoting to make the initial contact with a coach and to market your child. However, this is the norm. If you do not do it, other student-athletes will get the scholarship because they and their parents will have made the effort and received the attention. 
Coaches these days expect you to do this. It is an accepted practice. The eight myths and hundreds of recruiting tips are part of the Recruit Me 3.0. Get recruited fast with the Recruit Me 3.0 athletic scholarship system. I love you listening and sharing the podcast. But if you are needing to get the ball rolling faster on your recruiting process, the Recruit Me 3.0 recruiting system is a full step-by-step process to get that scholarship you are looking for. You get a 200-plus page online manual that guides you on when and how to start communicating and keep communicating with colleges you want to attend. There are templates, examples, and helpful resources throughout the manual. You also get videos and audio interviews to guide you through the process. The Recruit Me 3.0 is yours to keep forever, and you will get updates as they are added. Don't spend thousands of dollars on a recruiting service when you can spend just a fraction of that. Right now, I have a new CEO special of only $99. The Recruit Me 3.0 is normally $127. Go to recruit-me.com backslash system to get access to your comprehensive system. Check it out, and if you are not satisfied, there is a 90-day money-back guarantee. You can't lose. See all the details on recruit-me.com. I would like to welcome the first sponsor to the Athletic Scholarship Podcast. Cody Hanks, your friendly neighborhood realtor in southwest Missouri, invites you to contact him if you are ready to turn your dreams into reality. Contact Cody Hanks at 417-860-9160 or CodyHanks at SWMRealty.com. Cody's contact information will be in the show notes. Thanks for listening and see you next week on the Athletic Scholarship Podcast.